Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Have you ever been torn between two sides? It's not a good feeling to be caught in the middle, even if it's just emotionally. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us why being lukewarm is such a dangerous position to be in. You don't want to be caught knowing the truth and having done absolutely nothing about it. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 15th. 2023. When someone says that they vote for the lesser of two evils, aren't they still voting for evil? If so, then what ensues is what always ensues, which is that of being played against each other in a textbook case of us versus them. See, now we've, we've Pick sides. It's left against right. You know, I just can't take it anymore. If I get an article and it starts off with the words, the left, I stop. I don't read any further. Us against them? Oh, so they're the enemy. No, they're not the enemy. They're the mission field. They're demon rats. Stop saying that. So you know what just happened? You cannot share Jesus with them after calling them that, can you? Because see, now you're on the opposite side against them. And here's the problem. We don't wrestle against them. We don't battle against them. We wrestle against not flesh and blood people, human beings. We wrestle against powers of darkness in the realm of the spiritual, the supernatural. Four entities the Apostle Paul lists in Ephesians 6, and they have different rankings. And one of the greatest things in terms of successes that Satan's ever done, that was poorly worded. It's not great. It's horrible. But one of the things that Satan has been met with in a large measure of success is to get us to battle against each other, flesh and blood, and not him. Our battles against him and those powers of darkness, wickedness in high places, these principalities in the spiritual realm. That is what we, and key word by the way, and don't miss this, wrestle. That takes it to a whole new level, especially for those of you that have ever wrestled. That's, I mean, every muscle in your body is engaged in the wrestling match. And it's exhausting. Not just a battle, it's a wrestling match. And it's not with people. 
is with the powers of darkness. When, not if, when this happens, and it is happening. The devil couldn't be happier because he's accomplished his goal of rendering the last day's church impotent, feckless. This brings me to the second area that the enemy has manipulated and played both sides, which is that of the economic, or if you prefer, financial. Like with the political arena, so too in the financial arena, we're being played. However, the opposing sides are two worlds or two masters. In what I would argue is one of the most profound passages in the entirety of the Scriptures, Jesus in Matthew 6 speaks to this. Verse 24, Jesus speaking, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he says, you cannot serve both God and money. It's one or the other. You're trying to play both sides, you cannot. It's one or the other. Notice he doesn't say, you should not, thou shalt not. No, you cannot. You cannot serve two masters. It's either one or the other. Now, Jesus is saying this, preaching this really, in the context of one having double vision, double treasures, and double masters. The masters are either God or money, and they're either here on earth or in heaven. Jesus says that when one's eyes are good, the whole body's good. So your eyes are either good or they're bad, good or evil. One's treasure is either on earth or in heaven. And one's master is either God or money. And the common denominator between the political and the financial as it relates to Bible prophecy, and please listen to me on this, both have this effect of investing us in this world and tethering us to this world. And again, the devil can't be any happier because we're double-minded. We're conflicted. He's played both sides. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's why, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart? Oh, I can tell you where your heart is. Where's your treasure? Because that's where your heart's going to be. If you were to ask me what I thought (laughs) was one of the main reasons that Christians don't talk about or get excited about the rapture, this would be it. 
And the reason being is their heart is here on earth because their treasures are here on earth, and herein lies the problem. Satan knows this and takes advantage of this by playing both sides of eternity against us in order to keep us earthly-minded and double-minded. He's playing both sides against the middle. This brings me to the third area. The enemy has manipulated and played both sides against the middle, and it's that of the medical. In the book of Revelation, there are seven letters from Jesus to seven churches. These were literal churches in Asia Minor. We know it today as modern-day Turkey. They were all close in proximity one to the other. You can visit the remains of these cities. Well, actually, some of them are still cities today. They're sort of in a postal route. And Jesus has John write these letters that were sent to these seven churches. And in so doing, they're representative of a prophetic picture of the church in the last days. So it's the seventh letter that I want to talk about today. It's the last of the seven churches to the church of the Laodiceans. Why do I say it like that? Because... (laughs) The other six churches, it's not to the church of the Ephesians. No, it's to the church in Ephesus, to the church in Smyrna, to the church in Pergamum, to the church in Thyatira, to the church in Philadelphia. But when he gets to this last church, it's not to the church in Laodicea, it's to the church of the Laodiceans. This is the church that you remember Jesus is knocking on the door of to get back in, to sup with them and them with him. Laodicea is actually the name describing the nature because Laodicea comes from two English words, laity and diocese or decision or rule. In other words, the Laodicean church was calling the shots. They were making all of the decisions, not Jesus. He wasn't even there. He's on the outside now. So this last day's lukewarm church of the Laodiceans belonging to the Laodiceans is a prophetic picture of what the church is going to be like at the time of the end. I want to read, beginning in verse 14, Revelation 3. John is writing by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is dictating this letter. And he says to them, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. 
I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eyesalve, that you may see. It's important to understand that Laodicea was extremely wealthy. And like other cities, they had a worship center for Asclepius, the god of medicine. And the city of Laodicea was known for their temple of Asclepius. But what made them world renowned was their medical school, which was an extension of that temple. They were famous throughout the known world at the time for their eye medication, which had come from their medical school, and they would export it around the world. And as you might imagine, that's where the bulk of their wealth came from. And Laodicea would also be the banking center of the region at that time very wealthy. They were also known for their garments and clothing. They were actually famous, as one said, the fashion runway of the world. And they were also famous for their entertainment, the Colosseums that they built. However, Laodicea had a very serious problem politically because the city was built in such a way that made it vulnerable militarily. And it's for this reason that Laodicea would end up making compromises. Let's meet in the middle. They would compromise with their enemies so as to not be attacked and destroyed. And to make matters even worse, Laodicea had serious problems with their water supply which also made them vulnerable to attack. In their efforts to obtain water, they constructed this elaborate and expensive six-mile aqueduct from the hot springs of Hierapolis. You can actually, if you want to, go online and see. I mean, it's breathtaking, beautiful, these natural hot springs in Hierapolis. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts makes reference to Hierapolis. So close in proximity to Laodicea. So they would bring this water from the hot springs of Hierapolis. But the problem was, by the time the water got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. And worse yet, polluted, which in turn made them sick to their stomachs and nauseated, making them vomit. We talked a little bit about this on Thursday night when the prophet Jeremiah is pronouncing this judgment, prophesied judgment on Moab. We know it today as modern day Jordan. And he, because that's wine country, he would draw upon winemaking as an analogy and an illustration that would, and they would get it. You're settled in your dregs. You've never been emptied from vessel to vessel, and you've become bitter and settled and comfortable. You've never been emptied and poured out. You've never been refined. 
And they would have understood that comparison and that analogy. And so too, here with Laodicea, they would have got it. <laughs> Lukewarm water? Yeah, we, we know a thing or two about that. Getting sick from the polluted water and vomiting? Yeah, we know a thing or two about that. ISAV? We happen to know a lot about that. <laughs> World famous for that. And the Lord is speaking directly to where they're at. Why? To get them to repent. Repent. In fact, the detail in the letter is be zealous to repent. Zealous to repent. You probably already know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to the point for a change. This is the prophetic description of the church today. And this for several reasons, chief of which is it's lukewarm compromise politically, trust in worldly wealth materially, and it's trust in science vis-a-vis -vis the advances medically. It should be noted that this is the last of seven churches, seven the number of completion, and as such represents the last day's church right before the rapture of the church. Because Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, John is told to come up here at the sound of the trumpet. And he's caught up. And everything from chapter 4 verse on, right after this letter to the Laodiceans, the church of the Laodiceans in chapter 3, everything from chapter 4 verse 1 is yet future. Here's the bottom line. The devil is revving up, I choose that wording for a reason, the manipulating and playing of both sides against the middle, particularly medically. But God. But God is meaning for good, that which the devil means for evil, and anointing people's eyes with his eyes salve so they can see. Once again, and I love it when God does this, God has allowed the devil to play into his own hand by allowing the devil to overplay his hand, so to speak. How's the devil overplaying his hand? Well, He's doing it by way of what's known as controlled opposition. What's controlled opposition? I know this is deeply profound, but it's when you control the opposition. It's controlling the opposite sides against each other. Vladimir Lenin, the architect of Russia's 1917 Bolshevik Revolution, said it best this way. The best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. Ah, oh, I get it now. I see what's happening. This is exactly and prophetically what the enemy is doing in these last days, and we were told it would be so. He's creating and controlling two opposite sides against each other. 
And this is what I want to expound on for the remainder of our time together today. So within the last several weeks, it's probably been a couple, three months now, there's been a significant uptick, for lack of a better word, in so-called experts switching sides and now being on the opposite side of the very death shots they once promoted. Are you with me? I mean, you've got video of them saying, get vaccinated. And then fast forward, stop the vaccinations. Oh, wait a minute. I'm so confused. <laughs> or as we say here locally, confusimicated. I'm confusimicated. Wait a minute. You, you just got done telling me to get this injection, this poison that's killing people, and now it's killing people, and you're saying it's killing people. Don't get it. Oh, hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. So, with those things that make you go, hmm, you petition the throne and seek the Lord. I've spent a considerable amount of time as of late seeking the Lord on this. And the takeaway from this is that all of it's been scripted. It's a manipulation of two opposing sides on the most divisive issue in the history of mankind, and it's scripted to deceive the world in this, the last hour of human history as we know it. Now I know that was kind of packed full, but listen to Jesus again a prophecy from the Savior Himself, that He would have to intervene at the time of the end in order for His people to survive this destruction, this deception. It's Matthew 24. And actually, I want to give you a little bit of the backstory here, because this comes on the heels of, in response to, a question asked by the disciples. Jesus, what is going to be the sign of your coming and, twofold question, the end of the age? And Jesus famously answers, and you know this well. He says, there will be wars and rumors of wars, threats of wars. There will be famines and earthquakes in different, diverse, various places, unusual places. He says, this is key, nation will rise against nation. They're divided now and kingdom against kingdom. The word in the original is ethnos, from which we get our English word ethnic. Oh, say no more. It's black against white. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. 
as you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.